It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. The Vikings reportedly wanted to trade up for which quarterback? We discussed that and their latest power ranking on this morning's Minnesota football party. Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next-level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Wednesday edition of the Minnesota Football Party is coming at you right now. I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom, and I cover the Vikings here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Usually it's Reggie and Luke on a Wednesday. We are Lukeless, which means it is a Reggie-centric program. He's the Care 11 <laughs> sports director and anchor. His name is Reggie Wilson. He's on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV, and we're going to be talking Vikings with you for the next half an hour or so you can find Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, get all of our videos, or get us on audio. We're free and available wherever you listen to podcasts, and we're also available now on the Sirius XM app. You can find all of the Locked On Sports Minnesota programming. Reggie, we got plenty to discuss today. Who says it's a slow offseason for the Vikings? Reports that the Vikings wanted to trade up for Bryce Young. We'll dive into that possibility. Their UDFA class has been ranked top five in the NFL, and the Vikings' power ranking dropped six points or six spots after the NFL draft. We'll dive into why coming up on today's show. But, Reggie, the the report yesterday that the apple of the Vikings' eye was not Will Levis, was not Anthony Richardson, as some speculated. It was the top prize. It was Bryce Young. And maybe the Vikings were were crossing their fingers, knocking on wood that uh, some of the, the whispering that Will Levis is going to go number one or C.J. Stroud. The Vikings apparently were prepared to pounce for Bryce Young. Any surprise there, Reggie? And, and, and looking back, uh, can you see a scenario where maybe Bryce Young would be a Viking if things had played out differently? Well, I mean, of, of course they fancy Bryce Young. I mean, who wouldn't? The guy went number one in the draft for a reason. Uh, Carolina was not going to let that happen. So I, I think there was no way that there was any type of scenario that saw Bryce come to Minnesota. Like, I think even if the the Vikings are like, hey, we're off for you, 
you know, one this year or one next year and Kirk Cousins, can we do the deal? They're like, no, no. He's a guy that has, well, seemingly would have more of a future uh, behind center than Kirk Cousins would, being that Kirk Cousins is now in his 30s. But it just, I don't know. I mean, it is not surprising that they would want to be in on Bryce Young because of his skill set and him being one of, if not the best quarterback in the draft. I've been a big Bryce Young fan. I've often thought that he's a gamer and I think he's going to be really good in Carolina. I think they've done a great job of trying to surround him with some weapons that is going to maximize his ability to excel in his first year. And I think, look, getting him to Minnesota would have been a dream, but sometimes dreams happen and you just wake up. <laughs> I think this turned back into a pumpkin at some point. Yeah, exactly. Midnight comes, pumpkin, that's it. Yeah. Um, and so I think this was one of those situations where it was just like a lofty ambition, but I don't know that it was something that was really going to happen. And then we, we kind of talked about it, like what draft capital did the Vikings really have to go and do this deal? Like they are already in the hole with – you know, they only have five picks this year, four next year. Like, at some point, you got to stop the bleeding a little bit. Bryce Young would have been great to have, but do you basically just give up your whole future for for the guy? Because that's exactly what you're looking at. Yeah, again, when your roster isn't exactly in win-now mode, maybe on offense, but certainly not on defense, yeah, I don't know if you give up that many assets. And we're talking one of the biggest draft day trades of all time, Reggie, to move up 20 spots, which is presumably what they would have had to do uh, to get up there to number three. That would have cost them an arm, a leg, a kidney, a lung, all of their toes and fingers. Like That would have cost them so much. And it would have been a great player to attain. But here, here's where I think it is kind of informative. The Vikings were in on Bryce Young. And I know for a fact that KOC did his full diligence on Young. And then they drafted Jaron Hall. Now, what do they have in common? They're both the smaller variety of quarterbacks. And it tells me that, okay, Kevin O'Connell is not, uh, even though he's a tall guy, he's not prejudiced whatsoever to the shorter quarterback. They are okay with that skill set. And I know for a fact, too, that, as the Vikings did their digging on Jaron Hall, they saw pieces of Bryce Young in Jaron Hall. Um, and having heard them talk a little bit about Hall, you know, it, it does get me kind of excited hearing from KOC why he likes Hall and, and what they believe they can do with him. Um, I think that it's a pretty nice consolation prize to not have to give up any assets and you have a quarterback like Jaron Hall kind of waiting in the wings. He's not Bryce Young, but I think to the Vikings, this was kind of a, a nice second value option. The comparison between Hall and Young, I think, stops after maybe one or two. They, I don't know. Like they, I don't think they're the close to being the same guy. Yeah. You know, I think I think Hall brings some brings some juice. You know, and I think people are excited about the juice that he brings, but. Man, just watching Bryce Young last year and 
and the year before and all the crazy things that he was able to do to extend plays and like the dude was just a gamer. And I think out of all the Alabama quarterbacks that we've seen over the last five plus years, like the fact that he was the one that didn't win a ring just seems like malpractice or something. Like it just, it's, it's crazy because he was probably one of the best Alabama quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And getting a, a chance to get a guy like that would have been phenomenal for the Vikings. But I mean, you know, you, you get a guy like Jaron Hall and and I think it'd be fool's gold to to think like, oh yeah, he's going to provide us with something that we would have gotten from Bryce. Like the two guys are totally different. You know, the, the arms are different, just the, the, the way that they play the game and the way that they make plays is different. I think, you have high hopes for Jaron Hall, um, but I, I don't know that the the two guys are even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good dose of reality, Reggie, for for people like me that want to dive into this Jaron Hall bandwagon. Probably have to slow the roll a little bit. He's also twenty five, right? I mean, like he's there's so much room for Bryce Young to get even better at his age, whereas Jaron Hall might be a little more of a of a finished product. I get that. That's respectable. Um, we're going to talk power rankings after this, the favorite off-season talker. After I remind folks that we are brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, you don't want the sugar and calories, then you go to the best tasting protein bar ever. It's Built. You got to try them. If you're like me, you want a healthier snack choice. You don't want to compromise on taste. Built is just the thing for you or Built Puffs for a little bit of marshmallowy flavor. They are healthy. They taste amazing. 100% real chocolate. Flavors like peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, coconut puff. I don't know how Built does it, but they pack 17 grams of protein in with only 4 grams of sugar. You can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club. Go to the pharmacy section, pick up the 4-bar box or the 13-bar box for a baker's dozen, or go to Built.com and order those specialty flavors online Get these amazing tasting yet healthy protein bars today. Again, Walmart, Sam's Club, or Built.com. The latest power rankings on Pro Football Focus, Reggie. Did Have I told you yet? Yeah, I have told you, so you can't guess. The Vikings are 14th. The Vikings are 14th, kind of squarely in the middle. But here's what, what's interesting, Reg. Their pre-draft power ranking was 8th. And they are now down to 14th. Uh, I'm trying to see who's moved up above them. Let's see. The Browns have moved up considerably. Wow. Why did the Browns move up so much? Browns have moved up. Uh, The Jets with Rodgers, they've moved way up. The, gosh, this is strange. I can't figure out exactly who's all hopped them. But point being, they're 14th right now. Um, Too high, too low, just right, Reggie. I think it's fair. You know, I I think it's weird, though. Like, do they think the teams really got that much better from a draft? I don't know. It's weird. I don't yeah. know. Um, but what was interesting to me is the biggest impact player from the draft that they had was Makai Blackman. Like, yeah. not their first-round pick, Jordan Addison. And I thought that was very interesting. And I think what is also interesting is – 
they were pretty high on him, but I've seen some discourse on Blackman that, you know, some people love the pick. Some people are skeptical of the pick and it's just interesting. PFF is kind of like the gospel here uh, with football. I mean, we utilize it a lot on all of our shows, but Mm -hmm. it's interesting. They, they talked about, you know, the fact that the Vikings have lost Patrick Peterson, Cam Dantzler, Duke Shelley, Shandon Sullivan. The Duke Shelley one really hurts my heart because I was mm. very much a, yep. a pro Duke Shelley guy. Yeah. The guy just made plays. Um, but it was saying that they need more depth at cornerback, which, look, I agree. They finished with a 78.4 team coverage grade in 2022, which ranked 18th in the NFL. And so they added Blackman, and he played 907 snaps, a 90.6 PFF grade. That is not too bad. It's It's not too bad, Sam. Mm -hmm. Uh, He allowed a catch on just 47.6% of the passes thrown into his coverage, and he only missed two tackles in 2022. Maybe that's what the Vikings were reading. You think the Vikings were just reading the PFF and were like, oh, yeah, we got to take this guy. Yeah, straight up. Um, That's why they got Ivan Pace, the UDFA. He was at the top of the PFF charts. Jordan Addison toward the top of the PFF charts. Maybe maybe that's Kwesi's thing. Um, It does seem like his thing with these first couple picks was um, tape over testing. The testing for Jordan Addison, Kai Blackman, was not outrageously good. It was pretty average. Their size is average. But when you turn on the tape, I think that is what coaxed the Vikings into falling for Addison. And it's very evident that Addison can ball when you watch him on tape. It's obviously a little more subtle with cornerbacks and, and, you know, you're going to give up, you're going to give up receptions. That's a no brainer, but they like the way he runs. Uh, they like they like how sticky he is. That's been you. That term's been used a lot. I don't know if I love the the term sticky, um, but that's that's what they've used for Mackay Blackman um, the last couple of weeks. And I'm excited to see it. And I think that he's in the mix. Like I think if you get someone in the third round to compete with last year's second round pick, last year's fourth round pick, um, I feel like he's kind of on even standing with those other guys who are also injury prone. So we'll see what happens. But Reggie, as you, as you pointed out in this list or on this, uh, this little write up by PFF, no Patrick Peterson, no Cameron Dantzler, no Duke Shelley, no Shannon Sullivan. Wouldn't you feel just a little better, just a little better about this cornerback group. If they had one of those players coming back. Duke Shelley, baby. Duke Shelley. The Duke. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think um, the the Patrick Peterson thing would have been a dream, if you will. But yeah. the money that they that they were just really tight on, I just I, – I think Patrick Peterson would have loved to have come back, but I just think that they couldn't afford to have him back. And that's the tough part about that situation. So, I think if – if there was a player to be had, and we've talked about it on this show, Duke Shelley. I mean, the guy just made plays. And he it wasn't like he went out there and just really, like, got a bag. Like, he could have been had. It's just I think the, the tough thing is, too, is they still have all this money tied up with not knowing what's going to happen with Zadarius Smith, 
with Dalvin Cook, and they just didn't really have the pennies to pinch. And so I is is not ideal, you know, when you're banking on two guys who had season-ending injuries last year and uh Caleb yeah. Evans or three guys really, a Caleb Evans, Lewis Seen, and Andrew Booth. But you're you're kind of banking on those guys and Quasi's kind of been talking about that. He's like, "Look, we had a, a a pretty big draft class last year and we're looking for those guys to go out and produce on the field this year." And so it's kind of tough when you're banking on a on a draft class. There's just so many uncertainties. And Booth says that he feels good coming back. Seen looks like he's making his way back. Or Caleb Evans is excited to come back. He's changing helmets. He's trying to, you know, do a better job with his tackling yeah. to kind of avoid some of the concussions and things like that. And so they're they're taking a risk, man. They bring in Brian Flores, thinking that maybe a different voice and a different scheme can help them kind of produce at a at a different level and at a higher level kind of make up for some of the deficiencies and i hope to goodness for them that that that's true but they are definitely taking some risks having lost all of those players and now kind of filling those guys in with you know draft picks from last year you udfas and and just yeah. guys that they've taken flyers on yeah it's like rookies and kind of rookies with an asterisk, which are last year's guys. Um, if there's any consolation in this whole thing, I, I think that a lot of it was voluntary. Like the Vikings chose this path for a reason. Brian Flores clearly was okay with kind of starting over. Um, because other than Patrick Peterson, who I, I assume the Vikings would have wanted back if at a lower price. Um, they voluntarily cut Cameron Dantzler. Um, Duke Shelley sat on the free agent market for weeks and then signed for $1.3 million. And Chandon Sullivan sat on it for months and signed, I'm pretty sure, for the minimum with Pittsburgh. Like, if they'd wanted any of those three guys, I feel like they could have had them. So the fact that they're doing this on their own volition, maybe it sheds some light on a greater plan um, kind of a, a shuffling of the deck, a resetting, uh, a wiping of the slate, however many cliches you want to use. And Byron Murphy, obviously, is kind of the new alpha who's going to play a little inside, outside, be a shadow guy, which they haven't had around here in quite a while. So there is reason for optimism, but you need to have health and you got to have, I think, one guy, just one guy emerge at a level that you don't expect. You need someone to be really good who kind of comes out of the woodwork. Um, that's the only way. That's the only way that you, like, when the Vikings were putting together the Mike Zimmer secondaries, right? Xavier Rhodes, his rookie year was not good. His second year, which was Zimmer's first year, he blossomed. He was breaking up everything. And you realized, okay, we've got something. We've got a building block here. We don't know yet who the building blocks are. I mean, we, there's a bunch of candidates. Someone's got to emerge and step up. Any any gut who that might be, Reggie? Who is going to be the guy that surprises us? Look, man, I I was high on the guy last year, and it just didn't work out for the time being. Uh, but Andrew Booth, like you're talking about a guy who was projected to go as high as a first-round pick. And, you know, he, he quote unquote fell 
to the Vikings in, in that second round. And so I think you got high expectations for him to go in there and, and make plays. And I think if he can stay healthy and stay on the field, he has the chance to do that. I also like the tape that I saw from a Caleb Evans. I mean, he's a Mizzou guy just like me. So, you know, obviously I'm rooting for him at the next level. Uh, but I think I understand where the Vikings are coming from, trying to get those two guys in the mix and, and on the field and playing good ball. Health is a big thing. Health is a huge thing with them. But I think if if anybody is going to step up, it, it'll be those guys. I think it's just too much to to think that a rookie. I think Blackman will probably take his lumps, have some struggles, you know, and then hopefully the last like quarter of a season, he kind of you know tries to turn into a dude. But it, it's hard to expect, you know, the rookie receivers have much higher expectations than rookie corners do. And it's it's just interesting like that, how that how that goes. And so I think is even if you're a first round cornerback, it's kind of tough to just be like, okay, yeah, throw him in there. He's CB1 right away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's tough that Byron Murphy is coming off this back injury that ended his season last year. And that's like, okay, that's the guy that you're, you know, relying on to be the alpha you just hope that he's okay and that he stays healthy. The sports science team did a good good job of guys, you know, who had a bit of an injury history. You know, Dalvin Cook played a full season for the first time in his career. Zadarius, he was hobbling out there, but he stayed out there. Daniil Hunter, he stayed out there. So this sports science team, you know, they, they've done a good job of, of helping guys who have been a little bit of, of, of injury prone in their career. So you just hope for the best with some of the guys yeah. that are coming off these injuries. Yeah. Tyler and Uriah need to do their thing. I'm going to manifest this Reggie into the universe. So the Vikings have these three players in ambiguous spots, Cook, Sidarius and, and Hunter. It stands to reason that they will be shedding some salary at some point, whether whoever it is, the Vikings will have some salary to play with here within the next month. Um, maybe it's a post-June 1st cut. So when they get that salary, they will have money to play with. There are a ton of free agent cornerbacks on the market. I am putting Shaquille Griffin's name into the ether, and we'll see if that lands on the ears of Quasi Adolfo Mensa and Kevin O'Connell and Brian Flores because – the price tag, he's coming off an injury too. I think it was a back injury like Byron Murphy. You can have a couple of bad backs out there, but I love his resume. He's only 27. He's super fast. Um, I would be all in on Shaquille Griffin, and then I would feel so much better about this group. Shaq Griffin, Reggie, that's my guy, and I'm sticking to it. I like that. Uh, what was he with the Jags? The, the Jags after uh, four, four years after with Seattle. the Seahawks. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I I didn't know that he was coming off an injury like that. That that kind of scares you a little bit. Um, but the Vikings are are especially in this Quasi era are kind of known to do that. They'll take a flyer on a guy who maybe had some injury history that they think you know they could help out. They won this year. Marcus Davenport. They're hoping that he kind of blossoms into you know what he could be. 
And so, but he's been a guy who's who's dealt with injury as well. So that's been kind of a staple of this Quasi era. Like, yeah, we'll take a flyer on the guy. And, you know, he has high upside if he stays healthy. And then it works out. It worked out with Zadarius last year. So we'll see. To our everydayers who watch the show every day, we'll be back tomorrow with Reef Hassan and Luke Braun, by the way. Make sure you tune into that. Uh, Luke Inman should be back in the mix as well. A couple more topics for us, Reggie. Have you clicked on the link yet of of teams that could fall out of the playoffs? Because if you haven't, I want you to guess. Um, or have you already had it spoiled for you? Look, man, it's not a whole lot to get past me, you know? I think, you, 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 you know, my mom, I grew up with my mom always doing these gotcha gifts all the time. So my head is always on a swivel. So I think what you're about to tell me is that it's the vibe. Okay, I looked. Well, the, I'm sorry. It's yeah, the Vikings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the Viking. The Vikings are among the teams that. And again, this is. I, I'm not putting too much stock into the latest Bleacher Report article. I never have, but I think it's still interesting to talk about. They think the Ravens could fall out, which eh, I don't know about that. The Dolphins, um, the Giants, the Bucks, and that makes total sense, and the Vikings. Vikings could fall out of the playoff mix. Now, on one hand, I I, I kind of buy into that. Now, Arif Hassan is all on this train that the one-score game winning percentage is going to regress to the mean. Um, it's hard to do that again. Like hard, yeah. You hard saw to go how, it, to how it did under Zimmer, and then it just kind of flipped the script under O'Connell. But you can't, you can't possibly do that again, right? No, I mean that they, it was a historically good season. It's never been done. Eleven and zero, and then of course in the playoffs you lose the one score game you have. Um, but Reggie, the defense was pretty terrible last year. It wouldn't take much to improve that unit. The offense was learning the offense. Kirk Cousins was drinking through a fire hose trying to learn that thing. So can the Vikings offset? the one-score game bad luck they're about to have with mild defensive improvement and offensive scheme knowledge. That that has to be the calling card, I think, to avoid the regression. Yeah, so I think the, the play here, too, is you play the time of possession game. You know, you, you sign Josh Oliver. You re-sign Alexander Madison. Re-sign Garrett Bradbury. And you're hoping that you can play keep away, but also you're hoping that you can just outscore all these teams. You know, you bring back Hawk, you bring back Osborne, Jefferson, you add Addison to the mix. And now you're like, okay, let, let's run it up. You know, Kirk has much more of a command of the offense in year two. He's kind of been on record talking about that, saying this kind of night and day difference. Last year he was calling plays that he really didn't even know what they were. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's he's much more confident in this system. And so you hope that that maybe makes a difference. And maybe that there's there's a, a way in which the Vikings are just scoring 30, 35 points a game because, you know, you can't double JJ because now you drafted a receiver in Addison who can make you pay if you want to put double coverage on Jefferson. You got Hawk who is kind of like, you know, I, I look at I look at Jefferson and Hawk 
as kind of how I looked at maybe like Hill and Kelsey, like they're your one-two punches at wide receiver and tight end. And obviously Hill is a different player than Jefferson is, but the fact remains the same. Like Jefferson is your one, Hawk is two, and then everybody else just kind of falls in line after that. And so I think, you know, Osborne wants to have a bigger year this year. He's vying for that that wide receiver two range. And so I think that's the that's the goal. You you hope that your defense can stay middle of the pack. And you hope that you have a top five offense in the league this year, which will help you then outscore point. And look, here's the thing, Sam. Yep. You can't get into a one score game when you just outscore them. Hmm? Hmm? Mm, that's profound. Huh? That you, is profound right you there. Can't, you can't get into it if you're up two, three touchdowns. So maybe maybe that's the goal of this year is to try to outscore teams so that you're not getting in these one score game situations. Uh, here's a gotcha game, Reggie, or a guessing game. What is Kurt Cousins' career rank in terms of offensive points scored on the eight teams that he has quarterbacked? And the answer is the same, whether you look at just his Viking seasons or if you go back to his Washington seasons and include those two, the answer is the same. Average offensive points scored rank for Kirk Cousins. Uh, what, maybe like 28 or something like that? Oh, I'm so sorry, rank. Rank, rank. League rank in offensive points scored. How about like 16, 17? Okay, so you actually went kind of lower than uh, than the answer, 12th. The answer is 12th. Not bad. Um, it's not bad. He is peaked at 8th, bottomed out at 19th. That was back in his first Viking season. He has never been on an elite of the elite offense. Um, and this is the first time, I believe, that he's had back-to-back -back play callers that are the same. Um, if this isn't, and with the, the, the weapons that he has, Reggie, Jefferson, Hawkinson, two great tackles, maybe not Dalvin Cook, but Jordan Addison in the mix, Alexander Madison in the mix. Ooh, Madison Addison, there's a good little rhyming component there. I just realized that. Yeah, wordplay. Um, this has to be the year. I mean, contract year, urgency, you know, trying to stay in Minnesota for the rest of his career. This has to be the year that he breaks through that barrier and it's a top five offense. Um, and part of that's on KOC. It's not all on Cousins, obviously. But this has to be throw everything at the wall. Because that's the only way I think this team wins the NFC North is if they have that kind of offense. Um, and look, Sam, Sam, yeah, yeah. here's the thing, too. Like, so many people are high on the Lions, which, you know, I get. They were kind of trending in the right direction. And then, uh, you know, the Packers have lost Aaron Rodgers, and you don't really know what Jordan Love's going to be. The Bears, realistically, are probably still like a season away from, like, really competing and really kind of, you know, challenging for that division. I think you, you want to see what Justin Fields looks like now that you've kind of gotten him a little bit more weapons and an offensive line. And, and they're working on that defense, which – 
I really don't understand the play there, trading away Roquan Smith if you're still hoping the defense is going to be elite. Like, I I don't really get that whole thing, but, you know, go off mm-hmm. Chicago. But here's the thing. This is the year that it seems like the division is up for the taking. Like, last year it seemed like, okay, the Packers were going to be good. They went all in on defense to, to kind of help you know, what kind of failed them the year before losing to the the San Francisco 49ers in the playoffs. And so you're like, okay, the Packers are going to be that top dog. And so you got to compete with them. Well, they whooped them, you know, in that, in that first game anyway. And then they were able to overtake that division and kind of run away with the division, if you will. And then now Detroit is, I think Detroit had an arrogant draft. They did draft Brian branch, which was good. They did uh, get, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, which is good. That defense was not good by any stretch last year. And so I think it was a very arrogant first-round pick to get Jameer Gibbs, but I digress. But I just don't believe – it's the Lions, man. How much can you really believe in the Lions? And so I think the Lions are pretty much their, their, like, real competitor as far as the division because there's too many question marks with – the Packers, and I don't think that they got enough weaponry for a young quarterback in Jordan Love. And so they might be a mess. You, you think maybe like a six, seven, eight win team, if that, if they go more than that, I think it will surprise me. I think it will yeah. surprise them too because Love's contract is kind of incentive laden for them to to win. Otherwise, they, they only, I think, pay them like a base of 14 mil or something like that. So this year is the year for the Vikings. Like if they just are going to continue to go in with this competitive rebuild, they want to continue to put butts in seats so they don't do a wholesale rebuild. And they're trying to, you know, just make do and just improve incrementally on this team. This is the year that they would try to win that division and, and go to the playoffs again. This is probably that best year because next year, you're looking at an improved Bears, Lions, and Packers team, and it's going to be a, a bit tougher. One more tidbit for me before we close. The last time the Vikings made the playoffs, back-to-back years, 08 09. It's been 15 years almost since the Vikings had back-to-back playoff appearances. They have had a very hard time stringing these successful seasons together. Um, Reggie, I always enjoy our time together. It's a, a pleasure, my man. And we'll talk to you on Friday's roundtable where we will be reacting to the Minnesota Vikings schedule with Ron Johnson and Luke Inman, Reggie Wilson of Care 11 and myself. Uh, I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Follow along. He's at Reggie Wilson TV. He tweets about the Lakers and we love him for it. We don't <laughs> hold it against him. Uh, thanks so much, Reggie. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, man. This one's for Luke. Be blessed. Spread love. (laughs) Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.